Folks, how's it going? Arm and Hammer here. Earlier this week, we spoke about how Mayhem Freedom's new roster is absolutely stiggity stacked, but also potentially not eligible under the rulebook. But it turns out that CrossFit has adjusted the rulebook yet again, since the original version was apparently unreasonable. Nice of them to do that, but why do you have to keep doing that? Before we get into it, be sure to subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss any of my various hairstyles over the next couple of months. Either way, let's talk about this rulebook because like I said in my video earlier this week, we've seen CrossFit adjust the rulebook before. In fact, this year specifically, the first version of the rulebook that was published had a different equipment list in it than the equipment list that we were provided by CrossFit just the week before that they published the rulebook. And when I reached out to them about this equipment list, hey guys, this is a little confusing, they said that they wanted to keep the rulebook evergreen, as in they wanted it to refer to what the Open generally is like, and this year's Open just happens to be a little bit of an anomaly. But it doesn't quite work out that way because the rulebook is usually like the end-all, be-all, final say on what the actual rules are going to be. So when one announcement on social media is different than what the rulebook says, it obviously causes a lot of confusion. After I hammered my point home a couple times, they realized that they had made an error and they adjusted it, releasing a new version of the rulebook that had the new updated five item like dumbbell, bar and plates, box, jump rope, somewhere to do pull-ups, that list, right? So they've adjusted the rulebook in the past when the rulebook didn't actually reflect what they were trying to do. And here we are again with yet another adjustment to the rulebook. This time, the adjustment to the rulebook is that instead of the deadline for eligibility being January 1st, which was before the rulebook actually came out. So the rulebook came out a week after January 1st. So instead of keeping that rule, they have changed the date to February 15th, which gives teams more time. And by more, I mean literally it was zero time before, and now they actually have time to make the adjustments necessary to put together the Affiliate Cup team that they want to put together. To me, this is nothing but a positive thing. CrossFit should never have released a rulebook that had eligibility deadlines from before the rulebook was released. That is a nonsensical course of action. It literally is the first thing that someone from outside the organization would read and say, hey guys, this doesn't make any sense. You're really painting yourself into a corner here because what happens to the teams that don't meet the eligibility requirements? That doesn't even make any sense. Why would you backdate the rule book and expect people to be able to follow the rules they didn't even know existed? But for some reason, a lot of people are like up in arms about this. Like this was a really big deal to a seemingly small but very loud group of people who just could not deal with the idea that Mayhem might put together another team and that there could be teams that don't meet these eligibility requirements, which is understandable to a degree in that, yes, you don't want to have a truly 
broken system that only favors one group of people, but that's not exactly what's happening here because there are a lot of scenarios where the backdating of those rules, it just didn't allow affiliates to field teams. Not like mayhem style affiliates where Rich is bringing in athletes, but like actual normal affiliates. A lot of people like to look back and say, well, the Affiliate Cup was such an affiliate thing. I, I want to see the best affiliate. No, no, no. It's not interesting. I don't know how else to describe this. Like the Affiliate Cup competition sucks to watch if you don't know who you're watching. I don't like, it's really difficult for me to, to point out more examples, but the perfect example of just how busted the Affiliate Cup competition was, it's the CrossFit games. It's teams of six. It's the best affiliates in the world competing against each other, and they're doing a team Murph. And it is literally an unintelligible mass of human beings doing God knows what for God knows how long, for who knows how much remaining time or reps they have, and there's just no way of telling what is going on on the field. It is a mess. Having teams of four is a huge step in the right direction. Having teams that are recognizable is key to the thing actually being interesting. The Affiliate Cup without interesting or exciting teams sucks. And you know what? It hasn't been an Affiliate Cup under these rules that we were given by CrossFit for like 10 years. Even the first like super, super Affiliate Cup badass team that came out, Tommy Hackenbrook's Ute team, that team wouldn't count as, a, as an affiliate team under these rules that were given. So it isn't like there's some sort of perfect example of an affiliate team that has existed in the past that we can point to and say, see, this is what it's always been. This is how it should be. This is the ideal to which we should strive. That doesn't exist. And the Affiliate Cup is really boring to watch. So they need as much entertainment in it as possible. And even if you put that aside, even if you put aside the fact that like it is nearly impossible to watch without it having like anybody interesting in it, the fact of the matter is having the eligibility requirements backdated like that means that gyms that have multiple locations that want to source a single team, like multiple locations in the same city that want to source a single competitive team would not have been able to do that because you have to prove that you compete or train, excuse me, train at that specific location. Each location gets its own team, not the conglomeration of affiliates. So if you are part of a gym that has like a north location and a south location, it wouldn't work out because the eligibility dates were backdated. Or if you have someone join your gym and they've, you know what, I moved, I'm, I'm starting a new job and sometime between January 1st and February I moved, bummer, I can't be on your team. Doesn't that suck? Like, it, it's unreasonable. It makes no sense to backdate the rules 
and yet here we were with a rule book that had the rules backdated and again CrossFit has had to walk it back and change what they had originally published. It is of course a good thing that CrossFit is like understanding of how silly it was for them to publish that version of the rule book and to change the rule book. It is absolutely a positive thing because it shows that they're flexible and understanding and can see the context. But for the love of God, how did you publish the rule book with that in it? it? It's not that hard to see that and think to yourself, hey man, this doesn't make any sense. We're publishing the rule book, but the eligibility requirement date is like before we publish the rule book. So we're holding people to a standard that they didn't know that they had to be held to before a time when they didn't know that there was a standard involved. And that is an unreasonable thing to do. There is not a world that exists where you can make a good argument that it is a reasonable thing to publish backdated rules. It makes no sense. There isn't an argument for it. And yet it was published and it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy that they actually let that slip. I know that they have so many things involved that they're doing so many different things and they're trying to just like really put together this season and they're working really hard and it was like after the holidays and they're all coming down from the CrossFit games because the CrossFit games were pushed back and blah, blah, blah. That's not good. None of that is a good excuse. You can give me whatever reasons you want, but none of that is a good excuse. It should never have been published that way. And the fact that this is two for two, two for two unreasonable things inside of the rule book, things that should never have been inside the rule book have been published inside the rule book and then had to be changed after the fact when people are like, hey man, this makes no sense. What are you doing? What are you doing? Just, just ask literally anybody. I don't like, I don't, it doesn't have to be me, but literally ask anybody, hey, could you just run through this real quick? Sign an NDA so you don't tell anybody what the rules are, but just let's get an outside eye. Let's, let's maybe like just take a second and step away from this from within our world and let someone from outside our organization just get their eyeballs on this for a second to see if it makes any sense. And you know what? The crazy part is they actually have a group of people whose job it is to do that. They announced this whole like athlete council thing whose entire role was built around making sure that the future iterations of the CrossFit Games had the input of former athletes in it. If those former athletes, who, who even knows by the way at this point who's on the athlete council and what's going on because honestly it was probably just like check it out guys we're, we're saying we're doing the thing. But if they were actually provided with a rule book and actually given a voice, it would shock me that that slipped by them. It would, it would blow my mind that that slipped by them because they were beholden to the rule books in the past. So they must have been accurately like interested in reading what the rule book had to say and playing along those rules. But here we are, here we are with the rule book being published with ridiculousness. And I'm not making a big deal out of nothing here. This makes no sense. How can you put together 
the rule book for the structure of your season and let things that are this big and stupid slip into it and force you to fix it later. It makes no sense. Be better. Speaking of being better, let me tell you about my newest sponsor, Wadproof Academy. Now you've probably heard of Wadproof. Wadproof is a fantastic app that allows you to film your workouts and put in some details baked into the video, like a timer or the date or the name of the workout, that sort of thing. And there's like a pro version of the Wadproof app that gives you access to all these different interfaces and features where you can get like your heart rate into the video and you can get the data from your ergs into the video. But Wadproof is now offering something called the Wadproof Academy, which is super dope and you can try it seven day free trial. You can use the link that's in the description. But let me tell you what the Wadproof Academy is first. It's basically a monthly subscription for a ton of really, really high quality programs that allow you to sort of like pick and choose little various things that you wanna work on. So you pick like your base program, let's say you wanna get better at like weightlifting or CrossFit or gymnastics or conditioning or whatever, and you can pick in these little sort of like supplemental three day a week here, three day a week here of other things that is gonna improve your overall fitness and your specific capacity in those things. It's pretty sweet. It's cheap, $9.99 a month, you get seven days free, and that includes coming with all the Wadproof Pro stuff, so you can get like your heart rate on the video and you can get the ergs to talk to your video and stuff. I don't know how they do it, it's basically black magic to me, but either way, the Wadproof app is the way to go, and the Wadproof Academy is a pretty dope thing that you should probably check out, and you can get a seven-day free trial in the description of this video.